Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. How do we avoid writing the stock villain, the raven-haired femme fatale, the domestic terrorist, the killer, the abuser? How do we move beyond the cliche to create a bad guy that surprises us, that goes against the status quo? On today's episode of Writer Unleashed, we'll explore five ways to create a villain that defies stereotype. Stay tuned. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach, and each week we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. A common criticism that comes up in writing workshops is that a particular character isn't sympathetic. I remember a student who seemed pleased with this response. You're not supposed to like him, he said. Now, his character was the stereotypical bad husband. Tucker cheated on his wife, Gina, and to make matters worse, he'd initiated the affair during the months Gina was recovering from a crippling auto accident, which, by the way, was caused by him deferring a particular auto repair. Now, at face value, there's nothing remotely sympathetic or likable about this guy. But when readers yearn for sympathy, what they're really after is connection. After all, we don't necessarily have to like your character. We don't, we don't even have to feel sorry for him. We just need to understand him. We need to feel some level of compassion for your character. And that compassion starts with you. Juno Diaz once said that his growth as a writer was commensurate with his ability to become a more compassionate human being. In my view, compassion is an essential quality for writers to cultivate. But it's tricky because summoning compassion can be a downright challenge, especially when we're writing about people who have harmed us in some way. Even characters we invent out of whole cloth can suffer from our own preconceived notions. Now, I'm not suggesting you deny your feelings about your characters. Those feelings might be justified. Just don't be enslaved by them. Because here's the thing. 
our feelings about our characters often get in our way. Our own judgments about our characters get in our own way. And they present only a limited number of characteristics or circumstances or plot sequences that satisfy those feelings. If we're going to create our best, richest work, we need to seek the humanity in our characters, including our oppressors, including our villains, especially our oppressors and villains. So here are five ways to write against stereotype. Number one, start with the premise that most people are basically good. They're just flawed. Sometimes they're flawed fatally. Even the best of us are imperfect. Sometimes we're misguided or disillusioned. And the most troublesome people, if you spend enough time with them, they'll start to reveal traits that you can identify with, admire, even root for. The truth is, good people do bad things and bad people do good things. In our weakest moments, all of us are capable of making bad choices, even immoral choices. People who do things beyond our ken, yes, even our villains, are operating from some level of pain, of deep pain. So when exploring your villain, start there. Start where the pain is. Number two, Explore your character's desire. Desire is the one thing we can understand even when the action taken to satisfy that desire is beyond our comprehension. We can't fathom a woman drowning her baby, but we can sympathize with her desire. We can understand that desire to save him from a life of slavery as in Toni Morrison's novel, Beloved. We can't condone a man covering up the evidence of a fatal hit-and-run accident in which a young teen dies, but we can understand a father's desire to protect his only daughter, as in Andre Dubus's A Father Story. Readers aren't just interested in what characters do. They're interested in why Don't just focus on the surface events, probe what's underneath the action. Number three, ask better questions. The quality of your story, the quality of anything, depends in large part on the quality of the questions you ask. If you ask your character the right questions, they'll have plenty to say to you. So some questions you might ask are these. What are you most afraid of? What's the worst thing that could happen to you? What do you want? What's keeping you from getting what you want? What would you do to get what you want? What are you willing to give up? What hurt you so much in your life that you need to hurt others in order to heal? Number four, tap into your own impulses. Many great actors say that when they play the role of a villain, a killer, let's say, they're pulling from some shadow aspect of themselves. Now, this is what we mean by write what you know. 
The thing is, as unconscionable as our character's actions may be, we often have the very same impulses. We've just learned to suppress them. And here's the great thing about our literary counterparts. They have full permission to act out the things we may want to do, the things we may fantasize about doing, but would never, ever do. My mentor, Diane Lepper, once said this, we all have a killer inside. We all have a saint inside. We have the cop and the robber inside. We have everything big and everything small. So tap into your own impulses. Number five, reveal a chink in the armor. Look, if you present the stock villain, we're going to have a stock reaction to your story. Said another way, we won't care. We need to stay with our villains long enough to encounter their humanity so that we can show those odd moments when their vulnerabilities or good qualities slip through the cracks, or even some internal logic, even if that logic is misguided or skewed. So back to Tucker. When the writer dug deeper, he discovered that underneath Tucker's infidelity lived a lonely husband grieving his wife's absence. It wasn't novelty he was after. It was intimacy. Once he tapped into his character's loneliness and desperation, he was able to imbue him with vulnerability, to show those odd moments when his humanity slipped through the cracks. We then had a very different reaction. I can't say we liked Tucker, and we certainly didn't applaud his affair, but we did feel enormous compassion for him. If you do these five things, your reader will have a complicated reaction to your villain, and this is a major gain. So number one, start from the premise that most of us are basically good. Two, explore your character's desire. What does he stand to gain? What does he stand to lose? Three, ask better questions. Probe what's underneath. Now, for a full character questionnaire, grab my free PDF over at nancypinuccio.com slash free resources. I'll link in my show notes. Number four, tap into your own impulses. And five, reveal a chink in the armor. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. As always, you can find more important resources and links in the show notes over at nancypinuccio.com slash podcast. And to grab your free character questionnaire, head on over to nancypinuccio.com slash free resources. And if you want to connect with more listeners and like-minded writers and with me, please join us in our private Facebook group over at facebook.com slash groups slash writer unleashed community. It's totally free to join. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Till then, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.